You're listening to Sunny Side Up, a bite-sized podcast that brings you real-world insights that help go-to-market professionals evolve and stay up-to-date on the latest trends. Join us as we share best practices and proven techniques from industry experts and practitioners. Today's episode is made possible by Demand Matrix. Demand Matrix helps you complete your data stack with technographic, intent, and revenue potential data to help you accelerate revenue. Thanks for listening. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Sunny Side Up. I'm your host, Mark Bedard. Today, super excited to talk to Cassidy Lammers on how to achieve effective storytelling. Cassidy is a senior marketing manager for Lenovo, small company, probably never heard of them, working with the workstation brand of products from a marketing, PR, and messaging perspective. Over the last 10 years at Lenovo, Cassidy has focused on campaign and strategy, media relations, sales enablement, and product launch execution. Outside of the office, Cassidy loves to travel and snuggle with her two cats, and I think you've got one right there, Cassidy. Is that right? I do. Hi, how's it going, Mark? Oh, great to have you. Uh, and uh, obviously, I'm joshing as it relates to the Lenovo Dig. Uh, awesome to have someone, a professional like yourself, from such a Goliath, a big player in the space. Really excited to have you on. Thanks. I'm really happy to be here. So, what are we talking about? This is how to achieve effective storytelling. I guess you know we always start by asking the why question. Why are we even talking about it? Yeah, you know, actually, that's kind of the the overall question I ask in almost my my daily life. Um, <laughs> so, if it's all right with you, I'll kind of give just a tiny bit of background as to the area of Lenovo that I focus on, and maybe that'll kind of paint a little bit of context around it. Perfect. Um, so I represent our workstation brand. And for those of you at home who don't know what a workstation is, don't count yourself out. Um, a workstation is a professional version of a PC. So these are extremely high-end uh, desktop and mobile workstations or laptops that are really geared for people like architects, uh, engineers on construction sites, for you know oil and gas and energy production, thinking about high-end finance and stock traders, um, think about media entertainment, creative professionals, people who are doing visual effects and all the things we loved to go at one point in time and see in a movie theater. These people require a specific type of hardware, and so I get to talk about all of their fun stories on a daily basis, um, which allows me to ask the question, why, and why should I care, and why should you care, and why are we talking about this on a daily basis? I love it. That's excellent. So no no stranger to the why conversation then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, exactly. Beautiful. So, so when we're talking about it, is there a framework that, that we can use to kind of digest what we're going to be talking about today? Yeah, I, I think so. Um, so a lot of what I focus on is how to tell the story from a, a PR and media relations perspective, from an awareness and like almost like communication marketing perspective. And so with that, it kind of breaks down into about three big buckets. Um, the first being, how do you kind of even find that story? How do you weed through all of the businesses, all of the hurdles, the obstacles, the the things, the business initiatives that may or may not line up with the story? Um, and then how do you then figure out what that story is? How do you make it a compelling story for uh, your potential customers or the users of the audience that you're trying to target? And then oftentimes the quickly overlooked is how to actually get it done whilst being true to that story 
always understanding that deadlines are coming at you and you don't always have the greatest amount of time to say, well, let's just stop and think, did we get this right? Um, and then how you actually make that sometimes into, since you're going after awareness, marketing is always about a KPI and a metric. So how do you then tie that to leverage it within campaigns or, or other areas that allow you to have something that's tangible and measurable around that? I love it. So I guess, yeah, you really are starting with uh, the why is it worth telling it to start in, in, in terms of your framework, right? So how to weed through the business and determine whether we whether the story is worth telling. So like, how, how do you do that? How do you, Where do you start with respect to that? Yeah, you know, I think it kind of varies, you know, time that, you know, by whatever we're trying to talk about, by who's bringing something to you. But you know, there's always this instant desire from a business to say, hey, we've got a new product or we have a new solution or we're now talking about X, Y, or Z. Um, what story can we go tell? And, and and sadly, that's not always the best place to start because you already are framing up what you want to say as opposed to what you can say. Um, so for me, it, instead of jumping straight into it, you have to try and resist and go back and say, um, you know, what, what are we trying to do? Why do we need to do this? Um, we have to find the truth in the business story. I think a lot of marketers can probably relate that if people aren't in marketing, they, there's a tendency for them to feel that they can market. So if you say, um, hi, Mr. And Mrs. Product Manager, what is the what's new about your new product? They may try and spin you a marketing story that they, they think you want to hear. So you have to kind of pump the brakes and say, nope, nope, just give me the facts. You know, almost like the old uh, you know cop shows, just give me the facts and I'll take it from here, sort of a thing. So yeah. it's kind of breaking down some of those walls to start off with, so you can actually even see the landscape around you. Uh, very interesting. So you, yeah, you want to have obviously complete control over what story is being crafted. You're looking to get a firsthand account, whether you're talking to the product team, you want to understand what the new product is. Maybe you're getting it from a customer conversation, or I can imagine from the salespeople themselves, right? Talking to a client. It's like, don't give me your interpretation of what went on. Like to show me the actual conversation with the, <laughs> with the client, right? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I can piece it together. I can figure out how to say it, um, but I can't if, you know, there's already been a flowered version, you know, to, to kind of put it in some sort of a, a framework. Like I have to be able to know what's real and then we can kind of figure out what we do with it. And that's that can be a, a challenge sometimes. And it's hard for a lot of people to get their head around it because they want to help. They want to help you figure out the story which is great, uh, except that sometimes it means you start walking down a path and you get about halfway down and you go, oh, wait, so wait, so that, that oh, that doesn't do what I thought it did. Oh, <laughs> yeah. oh okay. Whoops. <laughs> Yikes. Yeah, absolutely. So it's all about finding that truth. I mean, that's what you're saying. You know, you have to start with the truth. Yeah. And then find how to find how to weave the story through it. And I think it almost takes a bit of an investigative mind within your own company to do that um, because it's really easy to take a technical fact, a customer, you know, what what a customer does, uh, what a company does, what a, what a group does, what an industry does and say, OK, that's good enough. But if you can kind of like almost take a step back and and put yourself in the in the mind of like your own newsfeed. If you were going to scroll through a story, what do you really care about? What would really grab your attention? You have to kind of ask those questions almost like an investigative journalist of like, wait a minute, what do you mean when you say it does that? Or what do you mean when they said that they really loved it? 
what did they love? Oh, oh, okay. So they really love this feature or they love the fact that they got, you know, a great deal. Okay. Well, that's still a story, but probably not the one that we were looking to tell, you know, so <laughs> it, it really kind of depends and you have to kind of dig back and, and be okay to kind of sit back and watch people have to answer the question honestly. I love it. We always try on uh, Sunnyside Up to make it really applicable and really practical. And I know we've had conversations in the past and, and you're a big proponent of doing that. Let me ask you a kind of a more tactical thing because you keep saying, you know, we need to decide first what we can say and then we determine what story we're actually linking to that. So, I'm, and, you know, I'm a sales guy, Cassie, you know that. So, like, forgive me if I'm looking at this the wrong way, but it, I, I picture this uh, giant Excel table, right, of uh, a bunch of examples. Maybe they're conversations, maybe they're product releases, maybe they're, uh, I don't know, a, a ton of different things that are going on in the organization. And uh, a, a column saying, what's the truth behind this, right? Or what is the story that we can tell yeah. as it relates to this piece? Is that kind of a, a matrix that you guys craft out? Is that something that you do or... Or am I thinking about it completely wrong? <laughs> you know, you're not thinking about it wrong. Uh, Lenovo has a very strong PowerPoint culture. So pretty much if it doesn't exist in PowerPoint, it doesn't actually make sense. Um, but sure. yeah, you could you could totally build it in Excel. It really kind of depends on on how you do. I'm an extremely organized color coding, uh, you know, check it off the list kind of person. And, and, and anyone who knows me will know that that's completely true. So for me, I, I'm a big proponent of mapping out everything. So, um, you know, it was actually just going through this exercise um, for some of our two, our second half of the year planning around, you know, what, how do we want to go ahead? What are our next batch of stories, if you will, for awareness? And, you know, I basically pulled in every subject matter expert who would typically have uh, an area, an industry, uh, a horizontal technology, customer stories, customer interactions, and said, all right, what do you think you got? Tell me what you think. And so you just kind of jot it all down. I normally start breaking it out by what are the key technologies? What are some of the key you know, initiatives that may line up to what the company wants to talk about? And then you kind of start looking at it and you go, all right, so if I had to go and pitch this to an agency, if I had to make a creative brief, for example, what would I tell them about this story? Um, if you can just say, like, here's a customer and they use our hardware that's not, that's not enough. Mm -hmm. You haven't, you haven't made it. You have not reached mm -hmm. the threshold. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, I'm familiar with that. Uh, <laughs> it's definitely, it's definitely not necessarily where you want to stop. So, so, okay. I, I get it. I, I'm trying to like, I'm again, trying to apply my, my sales mind here and get into the, the marketing chair with you. So, obviously weeding through the organization, determining whether or not a story is worth telling it really starts with uncovering first and foremost the truth within the story or the truth within the particular event that's happening. And then obviously we're, we're doing that on a grand scale, right? We're, we're trying to say, okay, how many truths across all of the stuff that's happening um, is, is occurring? And then what story can I tell rather than saying, here's the directive, go out there and go create or fabricate a story around it. Yeah, absolutely. If I ever had to fabricate a story, it would it would be a very very end for my marketing career. I, I don't really believe in it. And I don't. And I, I guess I'm just fortunate in the fact that I've never had to do it. I've never been in a situation where I'm like, yeah, just say they do that. You know. So I guess I'm. That's just not an experience that I've had. But yeah, there is definitely that point where you have to. I mean, there is a business goal, right? A goal of a business is maybe it's to increase your awareness of a certain type of product, or maybe it is to 
understand what's going on within a, a certain uh, industry. So I do take those things as a consideration when I'm listening to these stories to say, hey, does this, you know, does this take the, the two birds, one stone sort of a thing? But at the end of the day, the story is what rules. And normally, especially within Workstation, where we have just such crazy, awesome customers who do just really amazing things, it allows us to, to always tell a compelling story. Uh, and that's actually what's really neat about us is we don't go after normally like, you know, the biggest named customers. We really try to find those people who are doing things a little bit differently already. And that really helps us tell an even more unique story. Um, a, an example of this is we are, we've been working with a company called MX3D, which is based in Amsterdam and they, for, for about five years now, and they have been building a 3D printed stainless steel pedestrian friendly bridge that will go over a canal in Amsterdam. It's, it's one of those things you're like, sure. Yeah. I told, I bought two of those at Lowe's last weekend, obviously. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but what's really neat about it is the technology behind it. You go, all right, that's kind of cool. But when you start diving into the story, and again, this kind of goes back to that investigative journalist part of your brain that has to kind of kick in as a marketer. It's, well, okay, so is that a novelty? What is, what is it that worked about it? What is the technology that allowed that? How can that, so not everyone's going to be printing these bridges. So how is this applicable to other people within that industry, within that user base to say, okay, well, if you can do that, then I bet I could blank. And that's kind of the leap you're trying to get some people to make with these things. And so the story has to be real or else it really f falls apart when anyone tries to ask any questions about it. Absolutely. That is a, I mean, that's a crazy technology. I mean, that's, that's mind blowing. <laughs> yeah. I just Googled it real quick while you were talking about it. That is, they are literally 3D printing a bridge. That's yeah. fascinating. Yeah, with robots, uh, it, yeah. It's, and it's pretty fantastic. You know, they wrote their own software, and it's free form, and you know, they've done all kinds of things with this technology. But the, you know, the, the master project is this pedestrian-friendly bridge, and it just kind of evolves over time because they've even well, you know, worked in a sensor network, which is like, okay, well, what does that mean? And then you start thinking about the fact that it makes it a smart bridge, and we know we all like the word smart in front of our things. So, mm -hmm. just try and apply that that knowledge to a, a bridge. What if a bridge could tell you things? And now they've taken this abstract 3D printed whatever and now turned it into something that's also smart and future looking. So it's it's great when you have stories like that because you can kind of keep re-spooling them and keep having the longevity around that. And, and you know, no spoilers, but, you know, kind of keep an eye on this month. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> we'll have to. That's interesting. Uh, I love it. Okay. So obviously, yeah, you, I mean, there's no stretch there when you've got, you know, success stories and uh, amazing uh, customers doing very cutting edge stuff with, with your technology and with your solutions. Um, you know, plenty, plenty of businesses, uh, I guess, plenty of stories worth telling within the business at that point. And, and at Lenovo, again, no huge surprise there. So there's pitfalls, right? We were talking about this previously toward this storytelling mantra where, okay, we've got a great story to tell. It sounds excellent. Obviously, we've got the facts from the particular team we're talking to, right? We're not getting their spin on it. So mm -hmm. uh, we can craft the story um, in, the, in the marketing team exclusively for that. Like, But there's pitfalls. There's things we need to avoid, right? We shouldn't fall into, we were talking a little bit about the, the avoiding the, the one-pager syndrome. Uh, <laughs> Well, talk about that. Tell, tell the audience a little bit about that. 
Yeah. So don't get me wrong. I, I've I've been this world. I still live this world that, you know, the one pager, the front and backer that tells you the story. And, and there is an absolute benefit to that sort of asset. But the problem is if you're looking to tell a true story, it, it's going to need to go beyond that. You can't start with what piece of hardware are they using? Um, it has to be what is the overall solution and story? You know, again, this kind of goes back to just getting the facts and then kind of pulling out something extra from it. If you can't make the connection between what you're trying to talk about and why, you know, I think I say this on a nearly daily basis. Why should anyone care? Why, why should anyone care what you're trying to say? Um, so if you can't get to that, then you end up with a one pager. You end up with a customer A uses option B with software C and you should buy it too. And that's, that's the thing that, that can be a really easy way just to kind of move some stories through. Maybe you don't, maybe during your fact finding portion, you realize, you know what, this actually would make a really great one pager. It's a product we haven't talked about. Maybe the story isn't super compelling, but maybe the customer case can be useful for a one pager done, check, hand it to a salesperson and they have a, a great use case for how to, how to go and talk to a customer. But when I'm trying to get out for awareness, when I'm trying to have a broader approach and have, you know, outlets pick this up and have this being used as, you know, keynote videos at major conferences and things like that, I, I need to make sure that I have enough information, enough storytelling, enough wow, enough eye catching that I can get there. Yes. And that has to align. I mean, what you're talking about is is not being so tactical. It's being more strategic in nature, right? You're, yeah, absolutely. You're saying I need to understand the the broader story that I'm trying to drive home, and yeah, it might just be a tactical thing. I might just be able to execute a, a one pager and get it out the door, and maybe that solves the need. But to support the larger storytelling and the larger, broader strategic initiatives of the organization, it might it might be more complex than that. It might be more holistic. Yeah, absolutely. And I think another thing that just, you know, as marketers, we've all, we're always told, you know, know your audience and what are your user experiences and, you know, what are your user groups and who exactly does what and in what age group and in what demographic. It's, it's built into us. So it's going to sound really corny, but you have to understand your audience. And by that, what I mean, especially within my world is you have to really do the research. You know, what is that subject matter? What is the industry? What are their challenges? What is the status quo that they're used to? What is the new idea? And who is the actual end user? And what is the solution? And, you know, what is for real when it comes to what we're pulling this together? And, and, and that may sound really simple, but again, it takes a little bit more work. Um, a, a quick example is we were working with a company called React Robotics based in the UK. And they came to us and they said, we're building a robotic dog. And I'm like, oh, that's cute. But what does that mean? What, why do we care about that? And what we kind of found out was that basically there's a huge challenge in modern the modern construction industry where they have a lot of safety issues, where they've got a lot of uh, shortage of uh, workforce. And there's a lot of things that, that can be handled by robots. Yay, robots. Not going to take over the earth, but will be helpful for all these sorts of jobs. So you have to understand what are the challenges for that industry. You have to understand what are the types of tasks that occur in this industry. What are the software needs? What is being used? What are the benefits of these form factors and mobility? And then be able to kind of tell the story. Um, and that doesn't happen like in a day. You don't go, ha! snap, that all worked out really well. It takes a lot of time. And I'm really fortunate to have uh, what we call vertical managers or segment leads who understand these industries. And I can go to them at any point in time and say, hey, Chris, tell me about 
why constructions, why would this be applicable for a construction? Is it going to take their jobs? And he can say, actually, no, you know, and he, and I can get that sort of insight, but you have to see the bigger picture. Mm, absolutely. It, odds are it's not going to fit on the one page or, or it might not, you know, it might be yeah. a more broader story. Yeah. Yeah. And you can always consolidate it down, right? We can always go back to the one pager, but if you have something broader, you, you rarely go, this one pager really could have been a lot more. <laughs> it's yeah. rarely that way. It's funny. I was talking to uh, Monica Kumar. We've got a podcast on Sunny Side Up coming out with her as well. And we, uh, it's just, I keep ripping on content writers uh, doing one pagers and, and two podcasts now. They're going to have gonna my head for, for it. I know. I know. It's not good. <laughs> I don't have anything against the content writers putting together one pagers, guys. Uh, okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, Cassie, what's what's last then? All right. So we obviously understand why it's worth telling from our perspective. It's worth telling from the customer's perspective, and why the cust- why we should care customers' perspective. Then, then what? You, you're mentioning KPIs or something as it relates to that. Yeah, who doesn't love a good KPI? Who doesn't want a measurable marketing mm-hmm. activity? Um, so yeah, so that's where you kind of get into tying all of the tying it all together with a pretty bow. Um, so let me start with an example first. So one of the the companies that I'm fortunate enough to work with is Aston Martin, um, and with Aston Martin we have a long term partnership with them. And when you talk about that, we actually had to kind of reverse our process a little bit. You know, again, going back to some of those business ideas, well, we should just find out what products they're using and go talk about it. Well, you can, but you're going to burn your story pretty quickly. Um, so let's think about that more more strategically. Then you go into kind of that, that second step of why should anyone care? Well, this is a really weird one because everyone's going to care. Everyone knows Bond. Everyone knows Aston Martin. It's, it's, you're not trying to inform someone of anything. So how do you flip that problem around and say, how do you take something that's very well known? And then instead of saying, why should anyone care? You have to determine what is the story untold. And so you have to kind of start building in this structure again around what are the pillars? What are we talking about? What are the continual messages? What is the commonality between the brands? And so then you have to get down to how do you actually measure this? And so for Aston Martin, is the, <laughs> the reason I'm bringing this up is it's a great example of how you say, we had a really big story. We have a really big partnership with this great company. How do we make this live? How do we really make sure the execution matches the story that we want to tell? Um, and so really what that turned into is for us taking this and, and turning it into a full campaign um, and a campaign that will kind of regenerate over and over um, by telling a really compelling story up front. It opens another door and then another door and it kind of creates this cycle of marketing. So a new technology means a new workflow, means maybe a new partnership, means that a new story happens, uh, which then gives you new tactics, new assets, new demand gen, and it kind of keeps recycling itself with whatever the next, you know, genesis is of the story. And that's really, really hard to do. Um, I, I will tell you that we're, we're only about six months into this so far. So I'm very optimistic that we'll be able to do that. But it, it, it took an awful lot of forethought to say, how do you spend something that people already know very well of? And the number of times I, I'm asked for a test drive, of course, obviously, I have like six in the garage. Um, <laughs> or when can I get one? You know, it, it's it's what we all want. Everyone wants this. It's super desirable. So then how do you tell the, the behind the scenes story? That's interesting. You're talking about the amount of forethought, you know, the, the amount of planning that must go in to understanding what story is being told uh, sounds like everything stems from that point. 
like demand gen and and uh, the go to market essentially everything comes from that that story or and it, it makes a clearly aligned position in the market I guess is easiest way for me to put it that can be followed through across different functions within the organization I mean how long like how long do you have a framework for that is there like a <laughs> is there some sheets we can fill out or something <laughs> I need an easy button. <laughs> yeah, I, I can tell you there was definitely not an easy button with this one. Um, it was definitely the, one of the more challenging things I've done in my career, which I know will probably sound very strange to a lot of people. You, you've you've got Aston Martin. How hard can it be? Well, sure. you know, you don't just want to, you know, you could go out and, you know, buy all of your customers a, a, an Aston Martin toy car and say, now open a box and get a workstation. But that's, that's just not how we wanted to build this. We really wanted to spend an awful lot of time and focus on the true story. And so what I did to start off with that was literally sit down and say, who is Aston Martin? What do they say about themselves? How do they talk about themselves? What do they care about? And then I took that and I kind of boiled it down, made a, you know, they called them word clouds. I'm not sure. Are we still doing word clouds anymore? Mm, um, <laughs> but I, t- I made one of those and I kind of looked at it and I said, all right, how do we align? Where do we overlap? What is the thing that we can play here? And then what are we, and then it, can, it kind of kept building on a layer. So first off is who are they? Second off is how do we fit? Third is now where do we align? Okay. So what, what solutions or workflows? Who are the people? Who are the users behind some of these ideas? Now, what is the technology? And kind of kept you know, building it on from there. So it honestly took me quite a long time. Not that I'm going to tell you how long because it would probably get me in trouble. <laughs> um, but, you know, it, it definitely took an awful lot of, uh, of thought. And the, the thing that I keep in mind every time I wrap one part of the story and start moving on to the next or brainstorming for the next after that is it's really important. It's extremely important to keep the heart of that message, that high level message consistent. Um, from that initial concept. And then that goes through pretty much any way you're going to activate it, whether it be, you know, short term, like storyboarding, copy, questions, drafting, reviews, um, it, all the way through campaign. So how do you really make sure that what you wanted to say in the beginning is how it turns out at the end? And it really just takes always being very critical of what you get and and being consistent. You have to ask yourself, is this how I want it to be or am I just getting it done? And that's, it's really hard because most of the time we get caught up and the deadlines are super real. And then you have a, a business that's asking for it or an event that's coming up or a timeline that rarely allows you to, to kind of really sit down and have that consideration. What if, what if like, what if organizations do just get it done? Right. And and that does happen. What what are some of the, the negative impacts that are seen on that side of the fence and, when when do you make the trade off? Yeah, I, I mean, I, you're right. So there's a lot of different ways you can kind of look at it. You know, one of the ways that we always look at things is: is it clear? Is it compelling? Or is it complete? And you can normally have two of the three. <laughs> um, my boss would be very happy because that's definitely one of the things. And so I use the word compelling as often as possible because when in doubt, compelling wins for me. Um, so you do have to make some trade-offs from time to time. Nothing is ever perfect or we would never get anything done in all honesty. Um, but yeah, when, when people just have to kind of go out and get it done, you're, you're left with an incomplete story. You're left with holes in the story or, or something that looks transparent. I mean, at the end of the day, marketing leads to awareness and sales and consideration, right? So at the end of the day, this is what it's all about. If marketing doesn't eventually lead to something that moves the needle, then, then, then what, are, what are we here for? 
But at the same time, if it comes across as marketing, no one likes to be marketed to. No one. No one. So that's what happens if you just rush through it. It comes across like, hi, have you heard about our latest product? And no one wants that. Right, right. Yeah. It's not not authentic or it doesn't have a, uh, a more meaningful message behind it. Yeah. It says you just tried to bring something to me by putting maybe a picture of something that is mildly relevant to my industry in and your logo on the top of it. You don't get it. Next, please. And, goes, and yeah. We can't do that. We can't, we can't afford to lose people before we talk to them. <laughs> so true. And it goes back to that example that you're shooting out there around Aston Martin, right? If you sent them a toy car of Aston Martin and you know, it, I don't know, was in a, in a work bo- or a workstation box or something. But- yeah. Yeah, it doesn't really connect the dots, right? Right, exactly. So it has to be thoughtful. Um, it's not to say that some of that stuff doesn't work. Don't get me wrong. There are extremely clever door opener kits that go out. And, you know, maybe one day there will be one that has an Aston Martin toy car in it. But that won't be the gist of it. That may be a component, but it has to be more well-rounded than that. Um, and I think we, we've all probably seen that, especially in this work from home environment. I know I've gotten a lot more emails from people who are trying to do pretty much anything to get, you know, a moment of time. And we have to find ways that really tell a story as opposed to, hey, I'll just kind of keep emailing you or, hey, what about a, an Uber gift card, Uber Eats gift card? Or, hey, you know, there's a ton of different options out there. And the people who are creative, the people who can really tell that end to end, um, those, that's how you really connect. Getting something done quick rarely works. Sure. Absolutely. I a hundred percent agree. It's, um, I mean, they just, uh, what, did you see the recent thing? TikTok business? They've got, uh, <laughs> they got a TikTok for business thing now. Oh, so I mean, goodness. any, any way to, uh, to reach your audience, right? It's all, that's right. Everything is evolving, right? I think I, I, I was of the era when I was graduating college when social media became the first time people started saying, hey, do you think social media work for business? And I was like, no, it's a fad. And, you know, it turned from like the thing that you did in college to now all of a sudden your dad's on Facebook. And now all of a sudden it's people who have, you know, very bustling and, and very productive careers because of Facebook. It's about, uh, sorry, not Facebook, social media. It's about knowing your audience and finding out what what again matters and what reaches people. Um, and, and that's a great example for us as well. You know, my colleague, Jolene Allard, so she does an awful lot around finding out how to grow engagement as opposed to just getting likes. Um, it's more about having people really understand that you're talking to them than it is about saying, here's my massive number. Isn't that cool? Um, and I think the same thing goes from a storytelling perspective. It's a lot more important to get the right story out there than to get 30 stories out there. I love it. Julian Allard. Jolene. Yeah. Jolene. Good person to recommend for the podcast. Do you think Cassidy? Yeah, I think she'd be great. Um, She has a a ton of background into kind of going back into those targeted audiences, figuring out what really matters, kind of starting, you know, she, she inherited a program and came in and said, Nope, I'm going to do it my way because we're not reaching things the way we should. And that's, that's pretty hard to do when you're walking in new to a company and, and she did, and we've, we've been growing ever since. And now it's kind of the best practices for our, for our industry. That's massively impressive. That's great. Uh, this, I mean, this has been excellent. Obviously the, the topic was how to achieve effective storytelling. Right. Is there any pieces that, that were missing Cassie or we skimmed over that we should really uh, emphasize here as we wrap you know, I can't really think of much um, 
I'm trying to think back, like if there's anything, I was like, oh, I'm going to kick myself later for not saying it. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think to me, I'm, I'm super passionate about being able to tell a good story. I, I, I don't like the word storytelling because I think you get into some of those, you know, titles where it's like, I'm a, a professional storyteller. But, but there is something really special about knowing that you kind of walked in. Uh, someone said, hey, I've got a customer. I was just on a call with them and here's the absolute bare bones. And you're able to kind of nurture, grow, build, create, sculpt, and then here it is at the other end and kind of see it in, in actuality. I, I get a huge amount of satisfaction watching that go from very beginning and hu normally humble beginnings all the way through to something that makes you go, yeah, that video, yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> you know, you, you feel you feel very gratified when you finish that portion and it just kind of drives you to keep doing that. And then it also means that you keep your standards really high as well. Um, so I, I'm, I would just say that, that it's worth doing well. That customer focus is worth doing well. I mean, I did do some very like Googling um, to just say like, what is the importance of some of the testimonials? Why do people care? And I'm sure I have no sources for any of these, but Google told me, so it must be true. But yeah. like 92% of people say they read testimonials during consideration. 88% say they trust testimonials as much as a personal recommendation. And even like 72% said positive testimonials help build trust for a business. Those are the things that you can take in and say, this is why we should do it. But at the end of the day, it, it's just really, in my opinion, the only way to get your story out there in a compelling way. Mm, I love it. I love it. Cassie Lammers, everyone, this has been excellent. And, and don't worry about it, Cassie. If, if you forgot something, <laughs> we're going we're gonna to have you back on for the Spotlight Series anyway. So we'll get a cover it then. So it's all good. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. It's been an absolute blast. Absolutely. The one last thing is obviously, you know, I know we've talked about it, but if people want to get in contact with you, what, what's the best, what's the best way? Oh yeah. Uh, great question. Um, so you can reach me at my lovely email address, which is C Lammers, L-A-M-M-E-R-S at Lenovo.com. Or you can find me on LinkedIn. Excellent. I love it. Cassie, thank you again for taking the time. It was great. Thanks a lot. All right. Talk soon. Thanks for joining us on this episode of Sunny Side Up. If you like what you heard, please subscribe, rate, and review us and share these insights with your peers.